Welcome to Strictly Sports. I am Jacob Brown, and this pod is going to start a bit different than normal podcasts. While uploading this podcast, we realized the first five minutes did not get saved uh, to our files. So the first five minutes we essentially covered last week in the NFL. You saw the Denver Broncos continue their struggles offensively, losing 12-9 in overtime to the Indianapolis Colts. We'll get into the Broncos. CJ and I will later in the pod. You also have the Giants with a huge upset victory against the Green Bay Packers, a win that I didn't think was coming. Last week on Strictly Sports, I sat here, I said the Giants have no chance, they have Baltimore after that, and I was really looking at it as the Giants were going to be buried here, but they came out, they played really well defensively with a lack of defensive personnel. Some of it was injured, and they were able to go in there and win that game. You have the Bills blowing the doors off the Pittsburgh Steelers. You have people like Stephen A. Smith, lifelong Steelers fan, saying, This might be the worst Steelers team I've ever seen, or at least in the last quarter century. You have the Chargers barely beating the Cleveland Browns after some questionable coaching decisions by Brandon Staley in Cleveland. 30-28 victory for the Chargers. The Vikings beating the Bears 29-22. Patriots shut out the Lions. You have the Saints beating the Seahawks at home. Uh, Then a game that CJ and I got into with the Jets and the Dolphins, which we may get into a little bit later on this recording. I forget specifically... But CJ's main point about this Dolphins game, what are you going to do? You know, Teddy Bridgewater goes out. You've got Skylar Thompson in. CJ made the point this game was close throughout, even with Skylar Thompson in there. So the score may be a little misleading. The Jets, kudos to them. They were able to come out there. You still got to win the football game. Good for them. But Miami, you got to root for Teddy or Tua to come back very soon. We'll see if that happens. Bucks. Uh, beat the Falcons. The Falcons were actually able to backdoor cover, which Tyler called on our backyard bets pod, saying, you know, the Bucks usually get up to big leads against the Falcons, but then towards the end, they kind of stopped trying. And his point was actually proven by White on the Bucks. He said, we kind of just got bored on defense uh, in that latter part of the game. So if you want to bet Bucks Falcons next time, you might want to do that if that Bucks defense is getting bored by the third or fourth quarter. The Titans beat the struggling Commanders 21 to 17. Texans beat the surging Jags 13 to 6. 49ers beat the Panthers 37 to 15, resulting in Baker Mayfield's career likely being mostly over. He gets injured in this game. He's in a walking boot, and after his performance this year, I just don't see how he'll ever be a starting quarterback ever again. And Matt Rule fired by the Carolina Panthers, so we'll see what they do in their head coaching search. Dallas Cowboys with a surprising 22-10 victory over the Los Angeles Rams. And another team where I looked into this game going into the week saying they had no chance. This is the defending Super Bowl champs. But the Cowboys were able to go in there and show everybody that that defense is real and it is legit. Now, you could also say the Rams' offense might be worse than we thought. I think it's more so the Cowboys have a very good defense and people are actually starting to notice. And that's tough for me to say. I'm a Giants fan. Eagles beat the Cardinals by a field goal 20-17. to I look at this game as the first game that the Eagles legitimize themselves, but we'll talk about that a little later. Ravens beat the Bengals by two points. And this was a game where Baltimore, they've choked away a lot of leads in the last few weeks to Buffalo, to Miami. But now they were finally able to come back from behind in a game and win. They beat Joe Burrow. That defense was able to keep a lot of offensive weapons at bay. Nice win for Baltimore. And then the Chiefs barely beat the Raiders 30-29. to Man, the Raiders are in a tailspin. So some of these games we touch on throughout the pod. Some of them we don't, but I just wanted to create an intro for this pod because the first five minutes were taken out so when this podcast resumes 
It will be during the original recording with CJ and I. So thank you guys for listening. Slap a like, comment on it if you enjoy, share it as well. And enjoy this episode of Strictly Sports with CJ Yuri and me. So we just had some technical difficulties there again. We apologize. But uh, let's just shift in uh, to this upcoming week in the NFL uh, quickly here. So the the Ravens and Giants play this weekend, I think, this game, the line has actually moved down. It was minus six when I recorded last night. Now it's minus five and a half Baltimore. Uh, I like the Giants to at the very least cover in the game. We talked about the betting part of it. I actually think the Giants can win this game. They they have surprised me every step of the way this season. Um, the, the team that they struggled against was the Dallas Cowboys, who have the best defense that they've faced out of all the teams so far. The Ravens are probably the second best defense, even though that statistically they're not there necessarily. I think the Giants can win that game, uh, and and th- that's a huge game because you could look at this division at that Sunday night football game this week. The Cowboys four and one, Eagles five and zero. Oh. If the Cowboys are able to win, you could have a three way tie atop the NFC East by the time this week is over. And again, like the start of last week, I'm, I, I didn't think the Giants had a chance against the Ravens, but after beating the Packers, I, I think there's something there with them. Yeah, I, I think that there's something there, and I think I think a lot of it has to do with Saquon Barkley. Um, the, he looks unstoppable right now. The defense looks decent. They have clutch moments in the games when they need to stop. Daniel Jones isn't necessarily turning the ball over. He's not lighting teams up, but when your quarterback doesn't turn the ball over, you have, you always have a chance. So, you know, you're going to need a really good game plan to beat the Ravens. But, again, they're a team that crumbles away leads. They've done it four times this year, it's, or three or four times this year. Get you know even if they get up, do not lose your game plan. You should be fine to at least make it a game late. No, I totally agree. So that's that game there. We have let's let's look for the prime games here. So Vikings Dolphins lines at minus three and a half now. That went up. It was at minus three yesterday. We don't know the quarterback situation. That's a fair line, I guess. Uh, Minnesota. It's just if if Miami was had everyone healthy. They're the home team. If they're rolling like they were before, two is in there, the whole deal, they're winning that game. The Dolphins are a better team, I think. But if you don't know what the quarterback situation is, it's hard to pick Miami in this game. Yeah, no, I I agree. But I think it's also very telling that the line is literally minus. It tells you how good the Dolphins structurally are, yeah. Yeah, and – the other thing that I'd like to say here is is the Vikings ha- are, have played in a lot of domes. Uh, they're, sorry, I should say they're used to playing in domes. And then they had a London game where it's definitely not hot in, in London. I mean, so you're going to go to you're going to Miami. Your your sideline's going to be in the sun all day. You're a team that is used to playing in a dome or used to playing in non hot environments. Look at Buffalo. I could see the Vikings getting gassed in this game, and like that could be a huge factor. I really do. I think that there's going to be this, the sun and, and the heat factor that's going to hit this Vikings team hard. I mean, look, you're from Minnesota. It's already cold as shit up there right now. It's it's freaking October, and you practice and play in a dome. Sorry, dude. I, I, I think that this game stays close the entire time, and I think that the I think Miami tries to run the ball. Uh, they try to, you know, short pass passes to Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, get them out in space. They're going to find a way to score some points. It's a Mike McDaniel offense. And if Skyler sucks, they're going to throw Teddy in, man. It's just, it is what it is. So, like, and, and we're going to have some guys back on defense uh, uh, against the Vikings. And I don't think Kirk Cousins is necessarily a world beater. If you can, if you can limit Justin Jefferson, 
I can live with Dalvin Cook running it here and there a bit. Running the ball doesn't necessarily take you out of the game. So um, I think the Dolphins will keep up with them. I think this is a really close game, but I unfortunately I don't think I can give a, a, a prediction. I don't. I, I, That's good. I, I just I can't. I, I think it's actually going to be a very good one o'clock game, and I think people should tune in. If oh man, I, dude, Red Zone has been. I, I don't. I, I love Red Zone. I watch it every year. I don't think it's been better than this year. I mean, the, the slates are just consistently – I can watch one through seven o'clock and then go to Sunday night. Like, it's it's been pretty nice this season. Um, as for the four o'clocks, not really uh, much there other than the biggest game of the week, Bills and Chiefs, the lines at minus two and a half Buffalo. And we Tyler and I talked about this on Backyard Bets in a betting sense. But in terms of the game itself, I think Buffalo – you have guys out on defense. If they were fully healthy, this is a game where I'd be saying revenge game, Josh Allen, let's go. But the Chiefs have, even though we know what the Chiefs are and we know Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL or at least the most talented, we still went into this year with questions. I think they have answered them and have showed me there is nothing to worry about yet with the Chiefs at least because they look fantastic. And if you're facing an injured Buffalo defense, you're in Kansas City. If this game was in Buffalo, a little bit different, but I, I got to go the Chiefs to, to cover here and win the game. Yeah, I, there, there's there's definitely an uh, an aura of Bills that I find to be scared of the Chiefs. Not necessarily scared, <laughs> but like they don't feel confident against the Chiefs. I I, I feel like that's just another nut. Uh, like the only thing that Josh Allen and the Bills haven't been able to crack yet, um, and it's those Chiefs and. I think the Chiefs look like world beaters right now. I think their defense actually looks pretty decent. Uh, the only thing is, is they're not very good against the run. Well, guess what? The Bills don't run the football. So, yeah, I, I like the Chiefs in this game. And, um... Sorry, I was about to sneeze. <laughs> Bless there you. We go. There we go. Thank you. I like the Chiefs in this game. Uh, not by, you know, not by a crazy margin. I think it's, you know, you're playing the Bills. It's always going to be a very good game. But, um... I like the Chiefs in this game, and um, I would I, I will say this. I, I don't think that the Chiefs necessarily necessarily look better without Tyreek Hill, but I don't think that they look yeah. worse without Tyreek Hill. And I think that Tyreek Hill, obviously, every team in the NFL wants him on, on the team. Most explosive wide receiver in, in the game. Okay, But, hey, man, when you have a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes that can spread it around to different players like he can, then you're not going to miss a beat. You're, you're just you're, – you're not. And look look what's happening. Travis Kelsey's getting his. He doesn't – like, you know, four touchdowns last game. That's crazy. That is absolutely crazy. So, hey, I I would say this Chiefs team is the team to beat in the AFC by far and away. It is not the Bills, in my opinion. I think the Bills have shown mortal wounds this yep. year. I think there's a formula to beating the Bills. I think the Dolphins showed you that. So, um Hey, I like the Chiefs to keep rolling. Uh, it, why do you think though that Buffalo is favored in the game? Like, I don't, I don't really see much logic to why they are. Uh, well, I, I would say that on paper, the Buffalo Bills defense is is, is even better. with the injuries. You'd say, yeah, then the Chiefs defense and look, I, the Chiefs absolutely got gashed on Monday night. I mean, a couple huge throws from Derek Carr to Devontae Adams, um, big plays by Josh Jacobs. Yeah. Uh, there, there was a formula for the Raiders to get down the field, and they did it pretty much with ease for the most part. 
the defense just crumbled a little bit. And I like the Bills' defense more than I like the Raiders' defense. Um, and I like the Bills' offense more than I like the Raiders' offense. And the Raiders really shouldn't have lost that game. So I think it's, I, it's understandable that the Bills might be favored. But I think that there's a psychological factor to this. And I think Pat loves to beat Josh Allen. So. <laughs> That's good. Hey, it's true. Yeah. I, I'm going to go with the Chiefs rolling here. All right. Yeah, no, it's going to be a great game. That's the 425 game on CBS. Tony Romo will be out there, CBS game. Sunday Night Football, Cowboys-Eagles. This is a game where I think Philly's favored by too much. Lines at minus six. Um, you know, I, I look at this game and I think Dallas has had a nice run with this, but G, I don't think it's sustainable week to week to week to week. And, and I think that Philly comes in here and they prove people, again, that they can win and beat another high-caliber team. I think this will be the biggest test that Philly's faced in terms of a defense. Arizona's not known for their defense. So if Philly can go in and win this game, yeah, then they're really probably the NFC threat. But I don't think they win by six. I think it's one of those games that comes down to the end. Dallas has... Surprise people the whole season. I mean, they, they went in there and beat the defending Super Bowl champs. I don't care what you say. That's an impressive win with a backup quarterback. So, and I hate saying that about, about the Cowboys. I don't like them. So, they have the defense. If if Jalen Hurts can go in there and they still have that same running game, they're still able to do business at home and win that game. I'm impressed by Philadelphia, and I think they do it, just not by six. Yeah, no, I mean – I agree. Honestly, I agree with everything that you said. Um, I'll, I'll still take Philly, uh, but I definitely think it's one of those those close games for sure. Now, so but here's the thing, man. I mean, like, I, I hate to say it, but Jalen Hurts is unfortunately, I believe, in that like Tua category a little bit, and Zach Wilson, and and, and not off of performances, but off of how the media rates these quarterbacks, and they. There's quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers and the cream of the crop, Lamar Jackson, the cream of the crop where even if for a bad performance, they're not going to get any hate by right. the media. But then you have the year of quarterbacks like Tua, Jalen, who can, can have an amazing Sunday and then the next week have a lesser Sunday and then the media is like, well, I told you they suck. So I, I just say like, look, if Jalen Hurts just needs to keep rolling, keep, keep bringing more to the plate for the sample size so that he's not subject to these – ridiculous conversations because I think he's a fantastic I, I think he's arguably you can make the case that fundamentally mechanically all that he looks better than Lamar I, I think he has a better arm than Lamar Jackson like I I, I just Lamar has not impressed me I, I've always been on Lamar I, he's gotten better to me my opinion of him has gone up over the years that's for sure but when I watch Jalen Hurts play I think he controls the game more um yeah I mean maybe I haven't spent too much time Watching the Eagles this year, just some highlights. I mean, he looks really good. But, I mean, until Jalen Hurts wins a playoff game, I'm not going to sit here. And, and an MVP, right, you know. Worth Lamar Jackson. Uh, Lamar Jackson, the sample size is much bigger. He's won, he's won a league MVP. The guy has had seasons where he's literally near impossible. And I would also tell, tell you this, dude. I would say that Jalen Hurts is way more help in, in, in Philly than, than Lamar Jackson does. I mean, Lamar Jackson has Mark Andrews. And, I mean, outside of that, I guess J.K. Dobbins, when he's not when he's healthy, yeah. he's never healthy. So. Yeah, I mean, Bateman and du Duvernay are just guys. They're, they're number twos on any other team. So, uh, exactly. yeah, so. that's a good point. But then you got Monday Night Football. I don't even 
necessarily want to focus on the game itself, more necessarily Russell Wilson. I mean, what what is going on with him? Uh, to me, it, it's I get it that we everyone knows the story. He overcomes everything. Seattle, bad O line. He can run out of anything. He throws the deep ball. Blah blah blah. That was you know now he's separated a year from injury, and this year I have not really seen him get out of the pocket, and I don't see him throwing the deep ball as much. And I don't know what to blame it on. Is it head coach? He's worked with Pete Carroll his whole career. He knows that system. And now he's with Hackett, with different players, different everything, blah, blah, blah. I don't know if it's that. Is it Russell Wilson's just older and not as good and he can't move as well and he can't throw a deep ball? And if that's the case, Denver has just gotten themselves into a very long and probably very non-beneficial agreement with Russell Wilson. I see what you're saying, but I think at the end of the day, look, if it's not this year, it'll be next year. The Russell Wilson you know, tenure in Denver is going to uh, pay off. So you think it's overreactions right now? I, I don't necessarily think it's overreactions for this season, but I'm not going to. I'm not prepared to say that the that he's not going to pay off his contract later. Okay. On, right? If if Russell Wilson gets to Denver and gets you one Super Bowl in the seven year, six, seven, eight year contract that he has. That's a win, all right. So the, he he's he keeps his body in, in incredible shape. He looks like he's still twenty seven. So yeah. I I think that there's a clear disconnect here between him, the head coach, and the offensive coordinator in the scheme. There is a clear disconnect. I'm sorry, but Russell Wilson's talent did not disappear. Right. Russell Wilson's yeah. IQ disappeared. What did disappear is a clear relationship that was over a decade long that he had in Seattle. That's what left the equation for Russell Wilson's performance. And now you're being put into Nathaniel Hackett and a guy that's nowhere near experienced as Pete Carroll is and probably never will be experienced as Pete Carroll is. I think that there is an issue there. That, that's really the big issue. Uh, the defense still looks awesome. I mean, look, man. Not, it's not crazy for me to sit here and say the Broncos are still going to make the playoffs because they, you can figure out the offense. You, you can do that with Russell Wilson, a quarterback. So I'm not ready to overreact just yet, although they do look like dog shit. Yeah, and, and for a team that I thought would look a lot better that I picked the win of the division, to win the division is the team they're facing in the L.A. Chargers. And and for me, Brandon Staley, man, I like this is multiple occasions of just ineptitude late in games. Thank God it didn't bite him in the ass in Cleveland. But, I mean, you look at these situations. You're putting your team in situations where you're, you're taking away wins. You took away a playoff spot last year. Justin Herbert is, you know, he played with the crack ribs. He played decent last week. I, I'm starting to think, Brandon Staley, you got to go. If, if they don't make the playoffs this year, you got to go. Yeah, but I also would say this. I mean, look. As, as even though the the um, even though that the uh, what's it called the Chargers are in LA, I would not say that they're actually in a big market. I don't find that they're in a tradition. They're not in a town in a city that is going to be screaming boo hoo after a bad season. The Chargers fan base is notoriously small, and they did leave San Diego. They are in Los Angeles. I think that you can get away with keeping Brandon Staley around for one more year. I. I think it's it's uh, unfortunately you're you're caught in a really hard place here if you're Chargers ownership. 
is Brandon Staley an elite offensive line? Has he shown you that? Yes. Can, does he have a relationship with Justin Herbert and the rest of the offense? Yes. Is your offense going to score points under Brandon Staley? Yes. So you you remove him, and then what is your option after Brandon Staley? Are you going to now get a defensive head coach? Well, that stunts your offense, and that stunts the development of Justin Herbert. Are you going to get another offensive coach? But is he going to be a better mind than, than Brandon Staley? So the, the thought process here would be if a, if a storied and tenured head coach were to be available, okay, maybe I fire Brandon Staley and just make a run at this guy because I can tell you that any head coach in the NFL would love to walk into that Chargers roster. It's very good. But at the end of the day, if I ever Brandon Staley, what else is out there? Another first-year head coach? You don't want that. So, look, I agree. Brandon Staley's on the hot seat. They've got a freaking amazing roster. They, the, I told my stepdad the other day, like, I'm not scared of the Chargers. They always find a way to lose. Like, they're just a video game team. They're just a team that you want on your fantasy team. Like, outside of that, they don't know how to win football games. They don't know what hard, winning, ground-and-pound football games is. Like, I find that they play, like, fairy, fairy tale football all the time. And, uh, look... At the end of the day, yes, you want to get in the playoffs. Yes, you want Justin Herbert to be in the playoffs because he could beat anybody in the NFL. Absolutely. But listen, man, if there's nothing available, then you don't fire Brandon Staley. That's just the, that's just the facts. I mean, look, there's a reason why that, that offensive coordinator in Kansas City has never been hired for a head coaching position. I don't know what that reason is. But everybody tells me every year, how is this? How is enemy not to have a job? <laughs> like diversity hire, and he's an amazing offensive coordinator, and this is this checks all the boxes. Yeah, of course it checks all the boxes. But NFL owners and NFL GMs know way more than I ever will in these media talking heads. Why has he never been hired? Why I don't know. So again, yeah, no, there's got to come behind. Yeah, and, and we saw. I mean, on, publicly, enemy and 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 Mahomes getting an argument on national television, and some people were like, "Well, with the, then." Slowly, you started to hear the pundits say, well, yeah, we have heard uh, through sources that he does get very agitated in the, in, the, in the clubhouse and during practices and during video. And then it's like, oh, well, that, that's new information after all these hiring off seasons where he's not hired. So it's funny when some certain information just breaks through uh, and it's because it happened on national television. So let's quickly here go into college football because this weekend's insane. I mean, this is the best weekend Unreal. Unreal. Yeah, so we've got Penn State, Michigan. We've got Alabama, Tennessee. We've got Oklahoma State, TCU. we got NC State, Syracuse, Clemson, Florida State, Mississippi State, Kentucky, and USC, Utah to top it off. I mean, that's crazy. So we'll start off with your boys, Michigan Wolverines hosting Penn State. <laughs> and I sit on backyard bets. Uh, I think Michigan will win the game. But they have played a lot of teams close. Some of the wins that they have by a lot are misleading because they're close at halftime and they pull away late and make the score look nice. Now, I think they've had more impressive scheduling and more impressive wins than maybe even Georgia, and I think they deserve to be in the top four. But I think this is a game where you, you're you a danger maybe of an upset alert being pulled off. I still think Penn, that Michigan will win the game because I can't trust Penn State with anything. But this is a big game. Here's what I'm going to say. Penn State's going to be ready to play. And I can guarantee – I'm going to tell you this. My classmates would be pissed if, if they heard this. Some of them listen, so I'm sorry now. 
if this game was in Happy Valley, Michigan's losing. Okay, that is a, that, I think that this is going to be a tale of who is playing at home and who is the away team. I think Penn State is extremely good. I think they run the ball insanely well. They've got great skill position players. They've got a quarterback that is experienced. Is he that good? Not really, but he's experienced. And they have a defense that is incredible. Joey Porter Jr., that is a name that needs to become a household name in college football. Joey Porter Jr. on the outside as a DB for Penn State. He is incredible. They are going to put him on Ronnie Bell. That is not going to be an easy assignment. Michigan's game plan is going to be to run the rock. Blake Corum is incredible. C.J. Stokes, the backup, is, is right there with him. They are great. Blake Corum is a Heisman candidate right now, top five. He's got the most rushing yards in the country, at least in the Power 5 level. A ton of touchdowns. And this Michigan O-line is no joke. They are very, very, very good. Where I have a little bit of an issue with Michigan's defense is simply this. I don't think they rush the passer all that well. Yes, do they have a guy, uh, Morris, I'm forgetting his name, on the edge that is very good. He's got a lot of sacks this year. But is that a, is that – I find it to be a little bit of a Trey Hendrickson situation. Is Trey Hendrickson the top 100 player in the NFL? Yes. Is he an FAU boy? Yes. Go Owls. But, again, I found that Trey Hendrickson got his contract from, from the Cincinnati Bengals as a product of – there were some there were some times that the pocket collapsed because of some other guys on the D-line, and he was there to swoop in and get the sack. So I think that the Michigan defensive line needs to get pressure for the quarterback and make his life miserable because they're going to run the rock. And unfortunately, no matter what you do, and State's running backs are very good. I'm going to go ahead and say this. This is going to be 27-24 to 24 Michigan win. It will be a classic, and it will be an amazing game. I'm so excited to be there. Yeah. Awesome. I don't wish this game was at night. This game deserves to be at night. It's ridiculous. This Fox Big Noon kickoff is killing the Big Ten. It sucks. Dude, for real. I mean, and, and this is going to change because they're going they're about to get the CBS 330 slot uh, next year. So that the, the SEC is going to lose uh, is going to leave CBS, and then that 3:30 CBS time is going to be a Big Ten. But you're still going to have that 12 o'clock kickoff. But CBS will get the best game now, so I don't. Fox does not get the best game for the Big Ten uh, anymore at twelve o'clock. I think that's how it works uh, starting next year. Yeah, but, something's going to change. Boy, people are so pissed off about this kickoff. But wait, yeah, I've got Michigan beating Penn State. Let's move on to the next one because there's some sick games. Absolutely. I mean, so we'll save Alabama, Tennessee for last. Oklahoma State, TCU. This is a game. TCU came out of absolutely nowhere. They beat Oklahoma. They're undefeated. They're home. They're favored in the game, even though they're ranked lower than Oklahoma State because Oklahoma State has a better schedule, better wins. They were favored to begin the year. This is a road game for Oklahoma State. If they're able to win this game, that legitimizes them to me as a big, big 12 team. Do you think they can do it? If TCU does it, same goes for them. They could be an undefeated big 12 team. They'd be the only one. Dude, I, I've said I've said all year that I think, or, or before the year and the beginning of the year, I think Oklahoma State is a dark horse to be there at the college football playoff at the end. They are a very, very, very good football team. They've got incredible athletes on both sides of the ball. They have an awesome head coach. He knows what he's doing. He recruits very well. Oklahoma State is only missing this program in the last decade. The only thing that they're missing is that appearance in the college football playoff. I think that this is the year that they do it. I think that they beat TCU. I think it's going to be a very good game. But hey, man, TCU is favored by four points. That's yeah. crazy. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go ahead with Oklahoma State here, and I think that this is the game 
that also builds their resume a bit to move up to maybe that seventh or eighth or, or sixth yes. spot to get ever closer to the college football playoff. And if they can win out and then win the Big 12, there's going to be some losses down the road. Ohio State and Michigan can't both win the game. Georgia, Alabama, if they end up going to the SEC championship against each other, they can't both win that game. Tennessee goes to play Bama this t- today. Hey, if Bama loses that game, they're going to drop a, a few spots. Look, Oklahoma State is one of those teams that's going to benefit from a lot of these teams right under them beating themselves up. I'm going to go with Oklahoma State here. Keep that streak alive and just be there hanging around that fifth to sixth spot at the end of the year to get your name in that college football. I'm with you. I'm going to skip uh, analysis on this. Just pick a winner. NC State at Syracuse. Syracuse undefeated. Could challenge Clemson ACC championship. One of the best, one of the best running backs in the country. Uh, he is going to be incredible at the next level. Uh, Sean Tucker, he is awesome. Uh, I go with Syracuse here. And hey, great for that fan base, and really good for the ACC that they've got a couple of these teams in the top fifteen. Uh, it's a big market there, so good for them. Get to six and zero. Get your team ever so closer to the top ten. And, hey, man, make some noise. All righty. Clemson at Florida State. This is a game. Clemson's only favored by three and a half. FSU has two losses last week. Very disappointing for them, which gives them more reason to be to play spoiler in this sort of game. They're not going to win the game. I don't think they will. But this is going to be one of those crazy games that's going to come down to the last second. I think there's going to be crazy fumbles, intercept. Like the, the FSU and Clemson, this is one of those games I think is going to be crazy. I've always had one of them. That's crazy every week. Clemson's going to pull away, but the, I'm, I'm going to love watching this one. Yep. So I'm going to go with Florida State. Winning oh! the game. Um, I have been a little bit of a Florida State truther over the last year or two. I still hate their fan base. I really like their jerseys, but I like Mike Norville a lot. And I think it's always good for college football and especially the state of Florida. Even though I don't cur- currently live there, I am still a Florida boy at heart. It is better for the state of Florida when Florida State is good at football. And it is much better for the state of Florida when Florida State is better than the University of Miami. I really hate the Miami Hurricanes. I think this is the type of game where Florida State flexes its muscle as a team that is still a top program in the country that can recruit any athlete that they want. I'm going to go with Florida State here. I don't think Clemson plays well on the road at all. I, th- I think DJ Uangalele is very shaky. I think that he, he is mistake prone. He is not always on the same page as his wide receivers, either throwing behind them or throwing a different spot on the route. I think their best player on that offense is the running back. I'm forgetting his name here. I will tell you right now, he is a menace, and he is um, he's a guy that if you need a running back in the NFL, you're going to need to get at some point. Will Shipley, he is sick. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go ahead with Florida State in this game in an, in an absolute nail-biter. Listen, you go to the Doak, Doak Campbell Stadium at night. That is never a yeah. thing. That place is going to be absolutely packed. It's going to be loud as shit. This is their Super Bowl of the year. I'm going to call it a spoiler. And, hey, man, Florida State will get back into the ranked column at 5-2, and two, and they'll be in the top 25. Good for the – hey, I, I hope to see it. I want one of these games to be spoiler. Quick, quick, uh, USC at Utah. USC could be undefeated, beating Utah, who's ranked on the road. Their favorite Utah is by three and a half. What are you going with? I th- I think uh, I said it on backyard bets. I think Utah they have to win a big game at some point. They've lost two of them. I think USC they're overhyped. I- I'm taking Utah. What about you? Utah, big. I think Utah destroys this USC team. I had the chance to watch them a couple weekends ago. I uh, decided to throw it on the TV right before bed. Uh, one of those late West Coast games. USC 
is they have a very small team for a power five school they've got some sophomores and freshmen playing in key areas uh that need to just develop their bodies and develop their game i think that the sky's the limit for this usc program over the next three or four years so again it's not an act on usc's players i just think that they have some inexperienced players playing in key positions where utah is the exact opposite they've got juniors and seniors all over the ball that's why people thought this was utah's year to just go undefeated and get into that um, uh, uh, college football playoff. I had them as a dark horse for my college football playoff. But again, unfortunately this year for Utah, they went to Florida and they lost, but they get Florida at home next year to start the season. So I will say this. They'll get their revenge on Florida next year and to right the ship for, for, for their season. I'm going to say that this is their Super Bowl this year uh, uh, for the regular season. This is a top 10 team. USC was ranked where Utah was ranked when Utah lost the UF. There's a little bit of storyline there. I'm going to go Utah big. I think Cameron Rising is a much more uh, experienced quarterback in these in these types of games than Caleb Williams is. Uh, and I also like Utah's trenches much more than I like USC's. I'm going to go Utah by two scores. Nice. All right. So the final game of the week that we're going to review here, Alabama at Tennessee. And I hate to disappoint people. I have friends that go to Tennessee. I hope they're not listening. Um, Alabama is going to do what they do. They're going to walk in there. I don't think they're just going to win. If Bryce Young plays, they're going to blow. The, the game's going to be over at halftime. I, I just I love what Tennessee. This is no. This is nothing on Tennessee. But I, I am I'm honestly doing it to prove our thesis from last week's pod that. You go into these SEC games, we always think they're going to be competitive, and then Alabama goes in and they blow the doors off. It's I think that's what this is going to be. So I will dedicate a minute or two to this. All right, let me, let me just say this. Alabama, unfortunately, in my eyes, they do not have that juice. They do not have that death star walk into your stadium. Not only do am I going to keep my my like I'm not not only am I going to keep my season alive. Not only am I going to continue to impress the college football playoff voters and impress the rest of the country, I'm going to destroy your season. That has always been Alabama. Alabama, every single year, always runs into these types of teams. There's always a Tennessee in the SEC every year, whether it's Kentucky, whether it's Ole Miss, whether it's Texas A&M, whether it's Auburn, that goes into this Alabama game undefeated, lots of hype, or maybe a one-loss team. This is the game to get them into the top ten. This happens every single year, and it's always been Nick Saban's bread and butter to have these games because he always knows, not only do I have the better roster, I'm the better coach. Take all your hype. This is the perfect setup for me. I will beat you in this game, and it will make me look even better. That has always been Alabama's bread and butter. They were the death star of the SEC. They have always been, I'm going to destroy you. This is not that year. I do not find Alabama to have the same juice as they always have. Am I going to be surprised if Bama goes into Tennessee and, and gets a win? No, I'm not going to be surprised. But I would be surprised if they win by more than one score. This Tennessee team is really good. They are go Bama is going into an insanely hostile environment. The Tennessee fans have been waiting for a season like this since the Lane Kiffin days. They are ranked in the top ten. They are two spots away from a college football playoff. This is crazy. Hendon Hooker is going to be the better quarterback in this game. Bryce Young, I don't think, is going to be able to play. And if he plays, he's coming off a shoulder injury, and they're kind of rushing him back. And I also don't even like Alabama's running game that much. It's not as good as it ever used to be. And I don't even think Alabama's off, uh, defense is as good as it used to be. 
So I actually think this is the perfect storm for Tennessee to dethrone Nick Saban. I'm expecting fans to rush the field after this game. I think that Tennessee wins in a nail-biter, and it is going to be a college football classic. I am all over Tennessee, home environment, big game, better quarterback this game. I love it. Give it to me. Hey, man, you're going to see a sea of white and orange on that field. after. I hope we do. I mean, I hope you're right. I want to see Tennessee in the college football playoff, something different, something new. I want to see Alabama dethroned. It's just they, they ruin my life every year. I mean, Alabama does this every year, and I, I, I just think that the narrative's there for Tennessee, and it's that's what Nick Saban wants. That's what it's, it's like that. And I think the reason why I'm, I, I'm so not willing to go Tennessee is because it took Georgia a few years to be able to do this to Alabama. I, this is Tennessee's first crack at it, and we're just, you know, like – that's why I I will say this. Look at the previous Bama teams. They had Jalen Waddle. They had Devonta yeah. Smith. They had they had um, you know, list, list goes Calvin Ridley were those days that they kept beating Georgia. Najee Harris, Derrick Henry. I mean, dude, like like again, I don't those those players aren't necessarily walking around this Alabama offense right now. I think that the that the players that can grow into those type of guys are about a year out. I think that this is a little bit of a perfect storm. I don't think that this Bama team is as good as the last four years worth of teams. I think that this is the lesser of the teams. Bryce Young coming off of injury. I don't think the backup has looked that good at all. Here, let me, before before I, I, I leave this podcast, let me say this one thing. Here is where I think that there's a bit of a recipe for disaster for Tennessee. Hendon Hooker has not thrown an interception this year. How does he deal with adversity? He might turn the he very well could turn the ball over against Bama. He very well could turn the ball over against Bama. If he turns the ball over, how do you deal with that, Hendon Hooker? Are you going to get back on the field? Or are you going to feel like you've lost the game? Tennessee's won the turnover battle. Alabama's notorious for winning the turnover battle. So if they play a clean game, I think that this is Tennessee's game. I really do. Look, man, the line is really, really, really low for an Alabama spread. It's only seven points. Alabama's yeah. usually fifteen, twenty plus in these games. I, I like Tennessee here. I really do. I think that oh, there's a ton of value as for betting Tennessee plus seven. That's all I'll say. I hope it happens, man. I hope that we'll we'll be coming on next week talking about a totally new picture if that happens. Uh, and what if Clemson loses too? You could be looking at a crazy season in college football to where this week you got this log jam and then next week it's like, well, you got Oklahoma State that can make it now. You got uh, Tennessee that's in there at that point if Michigan's able to hold on. Now, what if Michigan loses? Then Penn State moves way up. So there, there's so much fluctuation that could happen within this week. I will, I will, and then I got to go. There is, a, there, is a, there is a scenario where I would not be surprised if teams three, four, and five lost. If number three, Bama lost to Tennessee, is that much of a surprise? Not really. Tennessee ranked number six. It shouldn't shock you. Clemson losing to Florida State would be the biggest shock because Florida State's unranked. But, hey, you're going on the road to Florida State, and Florida State has a ton of athletes. They're good. And then Michigan losing to Penn State would not be a crazy shock. So, listen, man, this is a crazy college football game weekend. Just sit on your couch and enjoy it. Um, that's, the, you know, after the Michigan game, that's what I played. Yeah, and then I got I got Yankee playoffs at the same time. You got uh, Bills Chiefs the next day. Great week of sports uh, right now. And hockey at the same time. Just crazy. So, thank you, CJ, for coming on. Uh no worries. So thank you, CJ, for coming on. Uh, where, where we have, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Strictly Sports P and on Facebook and Instagram at Strictly Sports Productions. 
Uh, you can follow CJ as well on Twitter. That will be in the description below. And, yeah, we'll be back next week. Backyard Bets uploaded yesterday. Strictly Baseball, we had a divisional series preview. We'll have one for the championship series as well. And then uh, we will start covering hockey when the hectic seasons of other sports start to calm down. It is just crazy right now with everything else going on. So, yeah. All right. That's it. That